0: John, so uh, we're I, here. You know, before you ask, yes, yes, I am wearing an adult diaper. That is oh, an adult <laughs> diaper, you see. Yeah,
1: well, what happened? What's yeah? I missed you last night. You know, uh, I missed you too. You no, know, I, I,
0: uh, I was doing the uh, long shot uh, competition this weekend, helping out with that, and uh, what happened was uh, at at some point they, uh, you know, I ordered some room service and. Uh, it made me just deathly ill. Like, you know, the entire, entire world just came out of, uh, you know, the, the southward hole. <laughs> and it was, it was just foul. Yeah. And, uh. What kind of room service? Yeah, no, food. Yeah. Food, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What you so, eat? Uh, you know, it was like breakfast foods and, uh, Apparently, you know, somebody uh put their thumb on my food or something. I don't know. <laughs> after after not washing their hands after going to the bathroom. Oh
1: no. That's gross. So
0: so I'm a, I'm a tad under the weather. Yeah. Well, and uh, but the you're show here, must go on. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So uh <clears throat> I'm here to talk about uh talk about beer and blonde ale and all that stuff. Forget about the past and <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> try. It's going to take like a week before that horror goes mm, away. Wow. But, uh, you know, in the long shot, you know who who uh, won in this region, the San Francisco region, the West region? I don't have a clue. Tell you know, me. Please a clue? share. <laughs> Our buddy, Mike McDowell. Woohoo! That's great. McDole's a man. Yeah. He, Good for him. He, uh, he uh, got his beer to go on to Boston where they're going to be choosing the beers that go in the six pack. Yeah. And uh, he won with his Imperial IPA, which that recipe. We covered on our show John. Really? Yes. We All right. included that recipe in our show and that was if, his recipe. That's his recipe. And yeah. That's the recipe he's uh, won the West Coast of the Sam Adams long shot with. Yeah. And uh if you go to the Bonjour website, it's there. That recipe's there or if you you know you can download the archive of our show, uh Imperial IPA show mm-hmm. and uh
1: get the whole scoop on how McDowell makes that beer. McDowell's full of magic by the way. That guy make some great beer,
0: <laughs> full of magic and other things. <laughs> and I think in the in the subsequent show to the Imperial IPA, he even uh, emailed me some comments on the show, and we gave that feedback as well. So nice. you might want to listen to the show after that one too. Nice for a few additional tips on how to brew that Imperial yes. IPA.
1: So how many beers, like what happens like second round in Boston? Like he's got his IPA in there now. What happens? All how right. many beers is he going against? Well, they're gonna have uh, they're gonna pick two beers from Boston. Okay. They're going to pick
0: one beer from Chicago and one beer from San Francisco the West Coast. Oh, wow. So, of, of those four beers, they're going to pick two to go in the six-pack. So, McDowell's got a 50-50. Nice. But, and I tell you, that Imperial IPA of McDowell's is fabulous. Yeah. Absolutely fabulous. Mm. And that is going to be in the six-pack. Hell, yeah. I, I already I, I told McDowell that was going to happen. and. I made him did buy, pope buy drinks for everybody, yeah, and pay for all the taxi cabs as we were out celebrating, going from place to place awesome. in San Francisco. So I told him if if he didn't win, uh, I would I would pay for all the drinks in the cab. Okay. So he better win. He better won't have to pay for all like, Because, yeah. Man, you know, you got a uh, motorhome. When I started looking around. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> yeah, the ratings on the show will have to go up yeah. if uh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna cover that tab, cover your bills. Yeah, shit. Absolutely.
1: Wow. Well, I'm excited for him. He deserves it. So. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait to see his great. big, spiny face on the side of a cardboard box. be perfect. <laughs> you know. Yeah, instead of on a wanted poster, it'd be great to yeah, see well, it on, on something positive for a change. <laughs> a wanted poster. Oh, God. <laughs> well, he was on the front cover of the uh, Moorbeer catalog, too, holding his little two-and-a-half-gallon corny keg, you know? That's right. Nice, like his little baby, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. They need to do that on the Sam Adams thing, too, I think. Right, right. You know? Hey, yeah, just send him that, that yeah. photo. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that would be good. Give him his green shirt. It'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, but we had a great time doing that. It was uh, it's quite the event. We must have had a uh, hundred and something people show up to help judge uh, that those beers. Yeah. And uh, uh, Boston Beer Company, Sam Adams, they pay for everything. Wow. So hotel rooms at the Hotel Nico, which is quite Nico. a swank hotel. Right. You know, the rooms are like 170 something bucks a night. Wow they pay for oh, rooms they pay for parking which is like 45 bucks a night with the tax all your meals so they had dinner on friday breakfast lunch and dinner on saturday and breakfast and lunch on sunday wow For everybody. Plus, they send out like 20 cases of the Sam Adams Brewmaster packs. Yeah. To use as calibration beers, but we only need like a case for calibration beers, so the rest we, uh, take home. End up drinking and, uh, you know, just having a good old time. Wow. Jim Cook takes pretty good care of his. Oh, yeah. Then they, they sent out shirts, these nice, uh, shirts with collars, like polo shirts. Wow. Sam Adams polo shirts. Hats. Uh openers, Sam Adams openers, bottle openers, these Sam Adams uh beer buckets, uh what else? Uh all sorts of stuff.
1: Damn. You know, Can and I get uh everybody
0: everybody got well everybody took all that stuff. <laughs> I sure. I did get I this year I was lucky enough to get a bottle opener. You Last do? year no they're all gone before I could get one. <laughs>
1: I think you deserve a bottle opener yeah yeah there there you
0: you go. Go. but uh it's just a wonderful time and and just getting to see all the other uh you know uh, beer geeks in the area yeah, yeah. you know and all your friends gathering together yeah, yeah and we had people come up from san diego and la we had people uh uh some people i know uh for f- quite a few years now um they came in from uh texas wow just to do the judging uh, yeah <laughs> come out it's a great event i think i think that that, uh, it's one of the best beer events going now. Yeah. yeah. Really fantastic.
1: How does it compare to nationals, do you think? I mean, as far as the judging is concerned or the event type, the, the competition?
0: Well, as far as the, all the judging goes, I think it's, uh, it's great. It's really well done and, uh, you know, you want for nothing and, you know, all, all your, your expenses are paid mm-hmm. and you're in a great city like San Francisco. Right. In a really high end hotel. Yeah. Nico. And then, uh, the uh, the only thing it's missing is at the uh, NHC you get all those uh, yeah if I puke all over yeah, the market, you all right pardon me <laughs> you get all those uh, uh, seminars you get uh, you know a lot more of the club night stuff and we do some of that at the at the long shot judging nice. too but uh, you know the NHC is, is still uh, still the premier event right. but uh, so if you get a chance you
1: got to go to that but shoot, you get the bar hop after the event. Yeah, yeah, tons of breweries around there. Oh yeah, and, uh, and we bars, for that matter, uh, matter. We went,
0: yeah, all over the place. And yeah. you, you know, you just grab a cab and yeah, put four people in a cab yeah. and it cost Cheap. you it cost you nothing. And uh, and like I said, McDowell was covering the cost of the cabs too. Oh, yeah. and then one night I found a twenty dollar bill in the cab I was riding in. You're I'm nice. like, is this somebody's twenty dollar bill? Like, I was like, no,
1: it's <laughs> mine now.
0: Okay, <laughs> you're like, I'll pay mine. for this.
1: Mine, it's mine, 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 mine.
0: All right, so we're gonna talk about blonde ale today. Mm, blondies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: Have blonde. you ever had a a really nice blonde, John? Uh, once or twice, yeah. <laughs> but I'm always been a brunette ale. <laughs> I like brunette. the reddish brown beers. <laughs> <laughs> so, but blonde your women. Bl- oh yeah, that part too. Uh,
0: okay. Blondes will do. That's what I was asking. Okay. I had nothing to do with beer. You're right, my bad. <laughs> You're talking about beer. I don't know why. I don't know either. <laughs> so so tell me about uh, Blondale's.
1: Ales. Oh, right. we'll the beer.
0: The beer. Not, not the women.
1: Okay. We'll get to that later after a few. Yeah. Uh, Blond Ale, uh, the aroma is sh- very, very soft malt aroma, very low fruit esters coming through, uh, low to me- medium hop aroma. As far as appearance is concerned, it should be light yellow to gold, very clear, um, this beer is definitely a malt-focused beer. Um, as far as the flavor is concerned, you might get some bready flavors, a little bit of toastiness coming through, no caramel flavor. You don't want to use any crystal malts in this. <coughs> Excuse me. As far as a hop variety, you can use any hop that you want. Um, I'd probably keep it simple, stick to one hop. I mean, you're looking for a balance of bitterness and hop flavor all the way through with this beer. Uh, as far as the overall impression and how it tastes in your mouth, it should be medium-light medium body and relatively medium carbonation all the way through but de- mm-hmm. definitely a malt focused mm-hmm. easy drinking session beer mm-hmm. like we were talking earlier it should it's definitely a beer a good introduction beer to a new person to craft beer right you know if you've gone from bud to blonde this is this is the way to go so yeah and i i would go for blonde before but uh yeah for sure dad women and in yeah beer beer <laughs> and as far as yeast you know I, you can use any yeast um English or clean American style yeast, uh, Kolsch yeast maybe. Right. And you can even do a lager yeast if you wanted to. I would say, we'll get to this later, but I would even say that your, the yeast you select is dependent on upon the mash temperature that you do. Or, mm-hmm. but I, I want to ask that later, no, later on in our process, so.
0: Yeah, it's, 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 uh, dependent on a lot of different factors. So, I'd say the, the key to this is really, um, you know, it's an easy drinking, well balanced beer with uh you know a touch of malt mm-hmm. and you know some pubs you know'll brew it smaller and you know a little lighter and a little more uh easy going some some pubs will uh and uh breweries will brew it uh, uh bigger mm-hmm. more alcohol more malt more body and more hops to go with it should be real balanced but sometimes you'll find um you know a little bit of flavor or or hop aroma in there there shouldn't be a lot you know Mm -hmm. it should be fairly restrained i know out here we like to you know kick it up a notch you know
1: (laughs) over the top west coast yeah
0: Yeah, but uh you know it shouldn't be you know if there's any it should be uh you know kind of supportive and not and not uh something that really stands out Mm -hmm. as far as that
1: goes when when i was looking at the style guidelines i mean the gravity range is all over i mean from 38 to 55, you know, 38 to 10.55. Mm -hmm. As a home brewer, I mean, do you shoot for a certain gravity, or are you looking for, like, an overall taste that you're going for, a lighter gravity? Well,
0: and again, I think, um, you know, it depends on, you know, uh, what the the kind of offering is. Now, I think, you know, some places, they're not afraid to do a a smaller beer, and they can sell something that has... uh, you know, 4% uh, alcohol by volume without a problem, or 3.8, you know, is the is the bottom here. But, uh, you know, in uh, Utah, you can go 4%, and, you know, they'll do a 4% beer, and it's not a, not a big deal. Everybody's comfortable with it. Right. You know, you get out here, a lot of places, you know, they they just keep jacking up the alcohol level on the beer until, you know, everything, you know, the smallest thing they have, and this would be the smallest thing they have at, like, 5.5%. And that's low. And that would be, like, their low-end beer. Right. So I think that accounts for some of the range there. Uh, historically, I would think, um, you know, maybe it was a little lower. It was in that kind of mid-range there. And, uh, you know, for legal reasons, it's going down. And in, in Utah, and for... Uh, uh, just, uh, I don't know, competitive reasons or the culture reasons it's going up in other places like around here and some of the other places, which is which is a shame because you know, it should be a, you know, I, I think a, a beer is generally, given everything else being the same, uh, you know, a slightly smaller beer, mm-hmm. you know, as far as alcohol and residual sugars and all that goes. Uh, you know this slightly smaller beer will be much more drinkable, right, and you can drink many more pints of it right, and uh you know a lot more enjoyable that way, and you know more of a session beer
1: would this type of style be like a great universal beer for most brew pubs I mean, oh yeah, just yeah, to yeah. have a blonde ale on tap for those guys that don't want those high gravity i p a s or stouts or
0: absolutely or somebody you know, again, you know uh some places they don't want to do you know a light lager.
1: Right, because they Um, can't, or they can't, or
0: yeah, they they just don't want to go that route. So this would be, you know, the the beer for most of the people coming in, and they go, yeah, you make your own beer here. I usually drink, you know, Bud Miller Coors or whatever. You know, what what should I have? Right, and that's a common question. And a lot of places they'll go with something like this. It'll be a blonde ale, Mm -hmm. or they'll go with maybe an American wheat. Oh yeah. Is, uh, often a, a good choice because it'll be, again, not really high alcohol, not really high flavor. There's some breadiness from the wheat. It's mm-hmm. easy to explain. Uh, you know, not a lot of really bold flavors, you know, fairly clean. Mm-hmm. So, something like that. Those, those would be two types that, you know, almost always, uh, if I had a brew pub, I think I'd have something like this. Oh, this yeah. on, you know. And,
1: uh. Could be your flagship beer for that matter.
0: Right. Well, you know, you, you look at, um, uh, Lodi Brewing Company down, mm-hmm. Lodi, and they have, uh, a couple beers that kind of qualify along these lines, but they've got, uh, their Lodi Light. Okay. And I'll tell you, that is the, probably the best light lager I have tasted at any brew pub anywhere. Wow. As far as, you know, trying to generate something that has, you know, more flavor and character than a Bud Miller Coors, right. but still very approachable for that, that type of customer. Right. Tell it's really good. Yeah. You know, when you're looking for a lighter, uh, crisper, you know, summer beer, and you don't want something heavy, it's got just enough malt flavor and just enough hops to kind of keep you interested. Mm-hmm. You know, as a as a as a beer geek. Yeah. But uh, you know, you could easily you know pass this off to anybody who wasn't a beer geek. And they go, yeah, that's really good beer. Yeah. You know, it's really well made. They so it's a like crack beer
1: flavor. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. But not a lot. Just uh, a subtle okay. amount. You know, just just so, you know, so they're not embarrassed to uh, to sell it to yeah. the beer geeks, right. I think.
1: When did you try that beer?
0: I've tried it uh, since they opened. You know, I, I go down there every so often mm-hmm. and, and try and, uh, the different beers and stuff. And I just tried it again. They help us out with the uh, homebrew competition, national homebrew competition, by hosting one of the judgings there. Okay. And then usually I sneak away and, uh, try it there and and get a chance to sample all the beer. <laughs>
1: well a good friend of mine, Jason Brett, who does uh-huh. our classes at More Beer, yeah. he's a brewer there now. Yeah,
0: Jason so was that's great to hear. Jason was uh yeah, sharing them with yeah. me and saying, Yeah, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Yeah. And uh yeah, I thought they're just uh just fantastic. They're doing a great job down there. Yeah. And I'll tell you what's even better, and I don't think I've said this about any any place. And meant it in a complimentary way, <laughs> now that I think about it, because you know their food is even better than their beer.
1: Wow, that's a great compliment. Yeah. That's hard to do for a beer. Their,
0: their food is fantastic. Wow. They're, they do service not... Service, too? They don't have... Yeah, service is really good. The um, But the food, uh, the service could be lousy, and you'd still want to go there Make for up. the food. I've never heard anyone say anything negative about the food, of all the people I've been there with when they're right. eating. And every last little thing on their menu. Right. You need that? Fantastic! It'll be really good. Just order anything, wow. and you know, I'll tell people that. Like, oh, you know, what's good here? Order anything; it'll be good. Yes, order. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's just prepared right. It's you know, hmm. the level of the, the the spicing or you know, the combinations and just the way things are done. Mm-hmm. Fantastic! I'm really uh, just. Did you blown away? Just blown away, yeah. At how good the food is. And it's been that way from like day 1. Yeah. And still is to this day. No no drop off whatsoever. They're really on top of the food there.
1: So their their food's better than Nico. For yeah, sure oh, this, yes, for sure. Yes. yes okay.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And their food is made making- <laughs> So yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. But uh now uh, uh, the food is fantastic and the beer is really good too. But I I got to say the food Edges out the beer. <laughs> the food is you really, really good. You
1: always hear the opposite usually, you know, oh, the beer is, you know, food yeah, good. Yeah, a
0: lot of, a lot of places where I, I know. go, I'm just like, well, yeah, the beer is really good. Oh, uh, yeah, the food's okay. Yeah. You know, right. And, uh, some places where you say, well, yeah, you know, the beer is no good and the food just by default is better than the beer, but not the case here. They're, they're really doing some great stuff there.
1: I hear it's pretty immaculate in there too. I haven't been there yet, but. Yeah, it's a very clean they, place. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, they wouldn't, uh, uh, Remke's wouldn't, wouldn't run a, a shoddy operation or anything like that they're very very conscientious of that right that's good stuff and one of my favorite places I think we should go yeah road trip road trip alright so uh, after a short break we'll uh, get into the recipe for Blonde Ale
1: eh? yeah let's do it alright we'll be back I've known a lot
2: of funny people Do you know that you can not only order from More Beer online at morebeer.com and receive free shipping on most orders over $59, but you can also shop in person at their two retail locations located in Concord and Riverside, California. In fact, the Concord facility has grown to over 15,000 square feet to fit all the new products, expanded showroom, and new knowledge center classroom. And now, in conjunction with the Brewing Network, More Beer is making it easier than ever to keep up on what's happening. Download the More Beer monthly podcast by clicking podcast at morebeer.com you'll learn about More Beer's history sales and discounts on more beer products get to know team members and hear ways to save you money they're also launching a brand new website soon with more features and a better online shopping experience so go to morebeer.com or call 800-600-0033 that's 800-600-0033 Jamil show.
0: All right, we're back. We're talking about Blonde Ale. Blonde, Blonde Ale. Mm.
1: Ah, pardon me. Yeah, let it out, man. Yeah, hey, you know. Folk, uh, yeah. Feel the... You're
0: going you're to gonna want to hang back just a little bit so uh, none of the stench hits you as I'm belching into the microphone. Mm-hmm. Time for a new uh, microphone cozy here, uh, Justin, after the show. Yeah.
1: A little bit more sanitary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's real pleasant. That's actually a really good question. You wonder about how many mouths have touched these, you know, that have been <laughs> Right, right, right.
2: It's not just how many, but the caliber of people, too.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. Well, this is the one Doc uses. So if he gets sick next week, you'll know why. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. So we're talking about blonde ale, and the recipe I have here uh, makes uh, about six gallons of wort, and uh, you know once you ferment that out, you're going to end up with uh, about five gallons of finished beer. And uh, starting gravity would be 10.50. We're expecting a finishing gravity about 10.11 which is about a 78% uh, attenuation rate. 20 IBUs. Color's going to be about 4 SRM. And uh, the alcohol level with that is going to be about 5.2% by volume. Going with a 60-minute boil. And if you're an extract brewer, you're going to use a uh, light malt extract, whatever your pale malt extract you have available at at your homebrew shop. You need about 8.3 pounds or 3.67 kilograms. If you're an all-grain brewer, you're going to substitute uh, uh, 11.5 pounds or 5.21 kilograms of American two-row malt. Hmm. And you would mash at 152 degrees or 67 degrees C. For the other grains in there, uh, we're going to use a half-pound of Crystal 15, Hmm. which is about 227 grams. And you don't want a lot of, uh you know, crystal malt in there. You don't really want to taste any caramel sweetness. But a little background sweetness in there is uh, uh okay in this kind of beer. You're doing oh, it.
1: Like, a l- just a little touch. Just to give it an impression of malty sweetness. Yeah, a little, of little bit of sweetness. Yeah,
0: a little residual sweetness okay. because...
1: uh yeah, it's not that much, half pound.
0: Yeah, pounds. yeah, it's just a touch. And, yeah. you know, if you didn't put it in there... You know, unless you have them side by side. Probably. <laughs> it's it not that big a deal.
1: Would it dry out a little bit more if you didn't throw it in there?
0: Yeah, it would. Okay. Absolutely. And, you know, you might need to adjust your IBUs then. Okay. If you put more in, you're going to have to up your IBUs. The only problem with that is um, if you start putting in a bunch of specialty malts in this, it's going to end up starting to become a little heavier, a little more cloying. You made an interesting observation earlier about uh, you know, how the grain bill... It could be very similar to you know a, a premium American Lager or something yeah. like that, and uh, you know that's a that's an excellent point I think because yeah you, know, you don't want a whole lot of these other other malts in there There's not a lot of specialty malts in this this is something that's got to be a clean you know very uh, straightforward beer and uh, you know with not not a lot of extra uh, specialty malt
1: character right I And mean, you could brew a 10 gallon batch to put the wort in two different yeast strains and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who knows? See what happens, you know? Right, right.
0: But, uh, so, you know, very straightforward grain bill. Uh, On this, I prefer to use uh, an American two-row malt. Two-row? Mm-hmm.
1: Why not? Like an English base malt or mirror I mean, you always use mirror
0: Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, And I generally prefer that, especially when you're trying to get something with kind of a malt-focused beer. You know, it's got that background... Biscuity character that, mm-hmm. that, you know, we like and that we identify with English beers as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the issue is, it's a, it would be okay. And if I, if you were to do that, um, you yeah, know, it'd still be a fine beer. I, I think when you're trying to dial this in for, let's say, competition, mm-hmm. I think you gotta use the American two row. And I, 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 you know, me, yeah. I, I get sacks of the Marisotter. Yeah, you love this. And then, once a year, I pick up maybe a half sack of American Two-Row. Right. And, uh, but, it, you know, there's a few beers where it requires it. And what happens is when you have that kind of biscuity English malt character, Too much. people start to think of it more. You know, they'll say, oh, it's like an English beer. It's like, you know, or, or an it'll an be more like Fat Tire or something like that. Right. Yeah. And uh, when you do the American Two-Row, it's a much cleaner malt profile. It's a, you know, there's a whole lot less to it there. Right and uh since over the over uh, probably the majority of pubs and at least in the past they did maybe it's not so true anymore i don't know but in the past pretty much every pub used like a basic american two row malt
1: american domestic,
0: yeah domestic two row right. malt and uh you know it had a certain flavor and so when you went in and you got craft beer at some place yeah. that's what you expect the flavor to be right and you know with all the beer judges out there and all the people out there that are judging these kinds of beers.
1: They're looking for that.
0: They're looking for that clean American two-row malt flavor, and that's why I don't use the the English two-row or the
1: English uh, pale malt in this. Is a blonde ale definitely an American-made style?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it's, uh, I mean, I can't, you
1: know, there might be other beers that are very similar to it. I mean, was this more of a craft, like a craft brewery, just kind of looking to make something that could... Meet the needs of the Budweiser, the Coors Light drinkers, and they have got a brand new brew pub up, and you know, oh, this is all 100% Tiro, maybe. Some yeah, crystal. you know, that's an excellent question too. I wonder if, um, actually, this
0: is you know, kind of more related to uh, you know, pubs trying to mimic a uh, you know, premium American lager, like right. you're saying, and they don't have lager yeast, so they're going to use ale yeast. They're going to keep ferment it cool. Keep it clean, lager it for a while, so you get kind of a clean, approachable beer with kind of the uh, premium American lager type of malt profile mm-hmm. and balance. And there you go, mm-hmm. you know. And then you know people kind of built on that a little bit, and it got a little bit bolder than that. Right. But uh, that that might be the uh, genesis of this. Hmm. I'm actually not that up on the
1: history of this beer. Was it? It's just um, even the name kind of just seems young. I don't know. Just Blondale, and this doesn't seem right. like a normal. Or very, very generic. Very, very generic. I mean, it could be beer. beer. Light ale, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Light ale or right. beer. Beer ale. <laughs> yeah. Light beer.
0: Which is, you know, uh, I guess kind of what they're looking for. You know, right. they want something that people will, you know, it doesn't sound too fancy. It doesn't sound too too big or too, uh, you know, out of the ordinary. They right. want something that's just easy drinking.
1: Right. Now, and, could you uh, brew a base beer like this but use mirror solder? An English yeast, and would it be close to an ordinary bitter? Or would uh, it be a totally different beer? It wouldn't be a Blondale anymore. Yeah,
0: you know, um, like, kind of like a summer bitter, but you'd need, uh, more bitterness than this. Okay. You'd need
1: the more bitterness. has more pop coming through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. And this is, you know, um, see, that's what I think. Well, you, yeah, you need more bitterness than the ordinary bitter the bitter the bittering would be too low so
1: this is definitely more hop focused than an ordinary bitter, for sure
0: this is uh, more malt focused malt focused yeah, yeah. okay sorry and uh, but you might get a little bit of the hop character sometimes you know like uh hollywood blonde or something like that there's right. some some places they have some beers with some uh, extra uh, hop flavor in them and uh, like Hoppy brewing up in sacramento they they put in uh, you know there's this they got a blonde and it's uh, a bit a bit hoppier okay but, you know, it's still along the lines of a blonde. You know, right. it's just pushing the boundaries. Right. And, you know, I think that's okay. Especially, you know, if if you're just doing it to drink yourself. Yeah. You know, absolutely put in whatever you want. Uh, you know, it starts to kind of g- fall out of the style. But if you want to, you know, get in on, uh, you know, competition and, and do well with this, you're going to need, you know, that clean American malt flavor. Right. Go with, uh, you know, minimal hop, hop flavor. You know, a little touch would be okay. Right. Uh, but a balanced uh, hop to bitterness to uh, malt character mm-hmm. and sweetness, that's important as well.
1: What I find interesting, like these type of beers, blondales or your bitters or, like we're going to talk about later, German pills, is how hard they are to brew. Because mm-hmm. they're lighter and there's less ingredients. They're more delicate. You know, just getting that clean beer to a style across is, I, I think, a very hard thing to do as a brewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have a point, but I'm just making – I mean, there, a, there's such subtleties in this type of beer of a Blondale. I mean, mm-hmm. you're just talking about, you know, American two-row malt is like a key ingredient. You yeah. know, right. And that right. really can – I mean, if you did a British malt or if you did a German Pills malt, it wouldn't be a Blondale malt, mm-hmm. Blondale anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think you just have to be right. very cognizant of that, you know, as a brewer.
0: You know, the interesting thing. I I, I, I brewed this this recipe uh, just recently, and uh, you know, it, it turned out nice. It was a very nice beer. And once, uh, but once it, it sat for a little while, lagered a little bit, and cleaned up a little bit more, boy, it turned out really good. And I've been drinking it. <laughs> and normally I yeah. I'm not one to reach for a blonde ale. Yeah. You know, I'm looking for something. You know, more malty or more hoppy or more bitter, you know, more sour, you know, all sorts of weird things. Right. And this, you know, I just find myself, especially working on the on the motorhome there, yeah. I go out to the <laughs> RV, I pour myself a couple of glasses of that Blondale. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, ah, you know, it's kind of hot out here. Ah, it's nice, very refreshing, easy drinking, and, uh, you know, I can have a couple of pints.
1: Definitely a house standard.
0: Yeah, uh, you, you know, know. I, can, I can see you having something like this on, on uh, all the time. Let's see, in the hops, we're gonna go with about an ounce, or uh, 28 grams, of uh, Willamette. Mm-hmm. And this would be a, for a 5% alpha acid hop at uh, 60 minutes. It's gonna give you about 20 IBUs. And I like Willamette because it's, um you know, it's American hop, Americanized kind of version of Fuggle, but, uh, mm-hmm. The thing about it is, it's you know very easy going. If you have a lot of if you if you go overboard on the Willamette, it's still a very approachable beer, you know. And uh, if you're subtle on it, you know, it's it's a pretty clean. If you want it just for bittering, and if you want some flavor and aroma from it, that's pretty good too. Like you were saying you know, go with one, one hop variety.
1: You but were you, saying earlier, you know. Is that all you did is 100% will lamin all the way through? or? Yeah,
0: and this okay. is just one edition at 60 minutes and that's it. Wow. If you wanted a little bit more flavor right. aroma, maybe you do like a 10 minute edition okay. of, uh, Say, you know, a quarter or half ounce or something like that, and that right. would just kind of brighten it up. You don't want to go overboard. Right. Yeah, You might for, for your own personal consumption, but if you want to go into competition, you got to keep it kind of restrained. Right. And, uh, yeah, I would definitely go with just one, uh, uh, one hop variety. Hmm.
1: Now, how important is fermentation with a light beer like this? You oh, very. I'm, yeah. Well, you have one base malt mm-hmm. and one hop. Right. Right. And you don't even need the crystal. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> So now, let so where do you get to? And then come on, yeast. you know, exactly. bring it home. Exactly. You know?
0: Very. Yeah. Exactly. I mean. The that's one of the things when you have a real simple recipe, any real simple recipe, uh, you know, uh, and and the majority of commercial beer recipes out there, at least the long standing ones, are very simple. You the important thing is you want to pick quality ingredients. Pick a high-quality American two-row malt. Pick a high-quality, uh, you know, hop supplier. Pick a high-quality. You want to pick a high-quality products and then have a real, you know, clean, well-managed fermentation to let those products shine through. Right. You don't, uh, if you, I think the tendency for some people when they hear, you know, that the blood should have some kind of malt character to it, mm-hmm. they'll tend to dump in, you know, uh, melanoid in malts or, uh, you know, more crystal or more, you know, something. And they'll, they'll, they'll layer this stuff on there. Thinking that that's how they get this this character, right. and you do. The problem is it's too overwhelming. It's too much. Huh. What you really want is to you know control your fermentation well, so the subtle malt of that base malt comes through. Right, and that's the key. Right, that's really the trick on all these these beers is to uh, to handle it through fermentation.
1: Well, that's a great point. I, I think if as a home brewer, and if you're just a new home brewer, would you recommend that maybe you start out with something this challenging, this simple, just to make a really nice, clean session beer? Because you're going to fine-tune all that. You're keeping everything simple, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Minimal ingredients. You understand what those ingredients do for you, and then you get into your yeast, and now you understand what those yeast do for you in fermentation. Mm-hmm
0: yeah it certainly uh makes makes it more apparent what the fermentation's doing. We don't have a lot of other stuff going on, mm-hmm. so you can play around with fermentation like you were saying you can split the the batch with a couple of yeasts and see how the yeasts are doing and what this would be a very good beer for experimenting with yeasts right. and see what the the difference was on yeasts or yeast flavors or whatever mm-hmm. the um Although the thing is, I think if you were a new home brewer. I don't know that you would really appreciate or be able to tell when you've kind of nailed this or oh, not. Oh, okay. a It may That's be, a point. You, know, yeah. you know, the difference is kind of, you know, that subtle magical thing where, you know, w- when you start out brewing, you yeah. know... You'll hop crazy. Well, then, <laughs> y- you know, y- you brew beer and the fact that it's liquid yeah. and in a bottle and has alcohol, yeah. it's pretty exciting. And you just, made it. Just to get started. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So... You may be missing some of the finer points of this but still you know uh I I would encourage people to brew with whatever brew whatever they like whatever right. they drink a lot of right so that when uh, you know the the initial excitement and the fact that they drink a lot of it kind of carries you through your first few batches where things may not be exactly ideal until you kind of get the hang of things mm-hmm but uh, for somebody who wants to, you know, work on, uh, you know, yeast management and yeast issues, fermentation temperatures and things like that, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's an excellent point, John. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly uh, what the style would be, you know, good for. Mm-hmm. I think that's a a really good point. Same thing, uh, I think Munich Hellas oh. is uh, usually the one I, I mess around with when I want to mess around with lager yeast. Yeah. So I would do this for ale yeast, and I'd, I'd use Munich Helles for the uh, for the lager, lager yeasts. And uh, you know they're both really good beers when they're I'm done thirsty right. right now too. Yeah, you know especially when it's hot and yeah. you know it's it's
1: uh, nut sticky in the uh, in the <laughs> studio here. Oh, I've got some a cake of here. Helles at home right now that I can't tap. Yeah, because I'm bartering it to a guy who's doing some graphic designing. And it's just cold. There's five gallons in there, it's just nothing more. Yeah, you, know,
0: you can't drink graphic designs, you no, know.
1: But I can. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty, pretty true. <laughs> uh, that's uh, pretty
0: much it. He's going home and tapping. The yeah. graphic guy, yeah. tough luck. Tap the blonde. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, for yeast, what I like to use on this is um, uh, either uh, Y-East 1056 uh, American Ale or White Labs uh, WLP-001 California Ale. If you uh, are dry yeast user, you can use the Fermentis uh, Sapphire US05. Uh, go with 10 grams of properly re- rehydrated dry yeast or use uh, two liquid yeast packages. Or make a starter with, uh, you know, one package of uh, of yeast. And uh, you ferment this around 67 degrees Fahrenheit, 19 degrees C. And when you're finished with fermentation, carbonate's about two and a half volumes.
1: And that should be just about right. Good blonde ale. Mm-hmm. Now, what about yeast strains? I mean, you mentioned. Or should we come back to that? You want to? We could If you do yeast strains, like a British versus the 1056 Cal Ale strain, or use a coal shale strain or a German Lager strain, is that okay in this style?
0: That's an excellent question. And when we get back from the break, we'll get right all over those yeasts. I show. I knew that I so All right, we're back. We're talking so about blonde ale. and you don't feel good. <laughs> I don't. That's that's actually correct. Yeah, I don't. Feel my nice. are
1: hurting. Yeah. Do, 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 do. My
0: adult diaper is chafing. <laughs> oh my god! The warm studio here.
1: Yeah, and biscuit is stinking. Yeah, that's wow. probably me. No, my. Bad. <laughs> Damn, that's some wrong right there. Sorry about that. Uh, so you were asking about uh, yeasts
0: that that you might use in this kind of beer.
1: Yeah, can you use it? I mean, what are you looking for a certain flavor in the style? You're looking for you know a
0: clean yeast, you know a, a clean fermentation flavor. So a little bit of fruitiness is okay. Okay, but you don't want to go overboard. So you were asking about uh, maybe going with a lower mash temperature and going with a less attenuative yeast, like a British yeast. Right. And that can be okay. The you'd have to go uh with a lower fermentation temperature. You you'd go on the lower end of your English yeast to to help keep the uh the uh esters restrained. Okay. And you know a lot of pubs do that. And that works out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, you you'd be down around maybe 66 or so and trying to keep it real clean. Hmm. That can be a little tricky, but that that might work. Uh and you also asked about lager yeasts. Right. Lager yeast, yeah, you might go with a slightly warmer temperature right. on the lager yeast to let a little bit of fruitiness come through, a little bit of uh uh you know, ale character come through. It's still gonna have some of that lager sulfur character and you'd have to deal with that. But uh yeah, you could use a lager yeast at a warmer temperature. A lot of a lot of places do that. Hmm. Or, you know, an ale yeast at a lower temperature. Uh works out fairly well. And what was the other one you mentioned?
1: Uh, the use of wheat possibly in this. I mean, mm, can mm, you have, mm. can you, if you have too much wheat, would it be an American wheat at that point? Or, I mean, uh, or would you use maybe yeah. like 5 10% wheat just to give it a little bit more body, I don't know, better head retention?
0: Right, right. Yeah, you could use some wheat in this. Uh, if you do get up to where the wheat is noticeable, hmm. then I would say, yeah, it's more of an American wheat. Especially, you know, if you start getting up to like 40 50% wheat. Uh, it's, it's definitely time to call it an American wheat. Right. And, you know, uh, that's very similar to American wheat. Right. Recipe. Uh, you know, generally, I, I think I just use uh, like a 50-50 with, uh, you know, base malt, America two-row, and, you know, wheat to make the American wheat. Right. And then in, in this case, um, there's a little bit of crystal malt in there as and well.
1: 100% two-row all the way through. Yep. Or yep. 90, 95% Yeah, so or 90-some-odd. 90,
0: <laughs> 90 and if you
1: were... Um, doing
0: a, and one of the nice things about this is most uh uh you know brew shops now carry a um, light pale uh, extract you know high quality extract that's uh you know very light and and uh makes for a good Beer like this, any
1: mm-hmm. of the, uh, lighter styles. Coop, Coopers is pretty good. That's pretty light. Oh, yeah. The Australian yeah. one. Mm-hmm. It's very light. It's lighter than our ultralight that we carry, so. The,
0: the uh, Coopers. Alexander's. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. And, uh, Brees makes a good one as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, any, you can, you can get your hands on some pretty good quality, uh, light extract. Mm-hmm. And, uh, makes a pretty good version of this, this Could, beer.
1: What about DME? Like just dry malt? Could sure. You, yeah, Yeah.
0: you can use DME as well. And one of the advantages to DME is that it does not uh, oxidize as, as fast. and does not age as fast as uh, the liquid malt extract because it doesn't have as much water in it.
1: Now, that's an interesting point. I mean, I've just learned about this in the last two months from John Palmer about visual from when he was on the show. You know, the color of it. Um, if it's brown. Flush it down. Flush it down. If it's yellow, let it mellow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: That's right. I told my kids that, and they're like, Dad, that's disgusting. What's the matter with you? What, you grow up in a barn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, water conversation <laughs> conservation, kids. Yeah. They're like, Dad, no, that's wrong. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. Flush
1: your pee down, Dad. My, my girlfriend does that. She just gets up at night, twinkles, comes back to bed, no flush. Right. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. But I, my argument was, you know, I stand up to pee. Uh-huh. And then when you pee, it splashes uh-huh. all over, and I don't want her pee on my legs. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead
0: serious. <laughs> yeah, we uh, almost made it through the show you know, one <laughs> of those moments. You <laughs> <know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, anyways uh, yeah. Uh,
0: so you're talking about brown extract. Uh, brown extract, yeah. Right, the browning, you oxidized, uh, uh-huh. and then, uh, oxidized browning. You don't want, effect, yeah. you don't
1: want oxidized. Exactly. But with this type of beer, you'd want it. Be fresh for sure,
0: right? And like we were talking, uh, like you mentioned, how you know it's such a simple recipe. You want to uh, you know have a real clean, and you want to choose high quality ingredients and the freshest ingredients, and and that goes for extract too. You know, get your get your extract from a place that you know turns it over quickly. Some of the higher volume shops that. Uh, you know, in, in, in a week they run through a barrel. Hmm. You know, you're getting a, a, a good uh, fresh extract, and it makes a big difference. Or go with uh, the dried malt extract, as you're saying. And uh, that, that's a little more shelf-stable.
1: And what type of flavors would oxidize extract contribute to a beer, Gene?
0: Oh, you know, it, it can be along the lines of the papery, cardboardy as well. And uh, sometimes it's, a, you know, almost a musty, dusty type of uh, hmm. taste and flavor. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, uh,
1: possibilities there. What about boil time in this? I mean, you, you probably don't want to do a 90 minute boil with this style because you don't want it to caramelize too much.
0: You know, you don't get any caramelization w- as long as you you got a full kettle. Because uh, oh, okay. there's no there's no uh, not enough oxygen and not enough uh, not a high enough temperature. Okay. You do get some melanoidin production though with the longer boils. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I go 60 minutes, 90 minutes. I wouldn't exceed 90 minutes. Okay. I think you'd be all right. Hmm. So we got a couple of questions in from the uh, the chat.
2: Yeah, chat room's busy tonight. Everyone was concerned about you, Jamil, yesterday, oh and your sickness. Yes. Uh, a couple of questions came through. You were you were talking about uh, noble hops uh-huh. a little earlier, and uh, this person says that a lot of times he notices a metallic flavor uh, with noble, hop, noble hops, and he wonders if that's a common thing or maybe just him.
0: You know, I think I think it it must be something else because you can you can make a beer. Uh, with any of the hop varieties, I don't think any of them really come across as metallic. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of things. You know, sometimes uh, with a hoppy beer and certain water profiles, you can get a, like a soapy uh, right. character even. And, you know, so it's a combination of things. Right. But I, I don't think the, the noble hops in, in and of themselves would, would give you the metallic. No. It might be noble and something else.
1: If you had a high sulfated wa- sulfate water, uh-huh. like... Something the German pilsers would say. Would that be too bitter for this style? If you had too much salts, I mean, it was...
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do any of that. Uh, you know, I would go with you know whatever water you have, if unless it's you know super super soft. Okay. Um, and actually, uh, you know, a softer water can help you with this, and kind of gives a, a you know a, a softer character the malt profile and the hot bitterness.
2: Hmm. Okay. And another question that came through. I like when you get these questions, Jameel, because you got a good take on. Adding different things to beers. Uh, which types of honey would be good to make a honey blonde and, and, and how much to use so that it, it's noticeable but not overwhelming?
0: Yeah, the trick here is that if you add that, the honey to the, the beer before it ferments, it's gonna ferment out completely and just leave alcohol and very, very little honey character. The problem is if you add it, you know, after fermentation, it's not really a sanitation thing, but you know, you're adding all these highly fermentable sugars in and it's going to start fermenting again. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have the ability to pasteurize it or filter out the yeast or do something like that, you can end up making bottle bombs. Oh, you know. It. If you put it in a keg and you keep it in the fridge, right. you know, at, uh, you know, below 40 degrees, fermentation slows way, way down and uh, it's not as much of a problem and you can, and if you're pouring pints, you know, you're relieving enough pressure, that's not a big deal. But in bottles, you really got to be careful. And the problem is, you know, adding it too early, it ferments out. You can try adding honey malt, but. And some people say that it gives a honey character to the beer, but I don't. I think it, uh, it kind of smells like honey in a way when it's like in the grain form, oh, but yeah, once yeah. you f- mash it and ferment it and all that, yeah. it doesn't taste like honey at all. It's just got like a maltiness to it. Right. So, uh,. You know, if you're kegging and you have, with those caveats and don't bottle it this way unless you're going to kill the yeast somehow, uh, I would go with maybe... Oh... Pound and a half. Pound and a half, two pounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. T- for a five gallon batch. It's plenty well, it depends. Of it. If you're putting it, uh, at, you know, post fermentation and you're not going to let it ferment out, maybe one pound. Right. If you're going to let it ferment out, you're going to have to do a couple of pounds. <laughs> would you compensate? Even then it's just gonna add alcohol.
1: You're if you're an ultralight or an extract brewer or you know, all grain brewer, maybe mm-hmm. lower your base malt and, yeah. pop, and add yeah, honey sure. into it. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're if you're not gonna let it ferment, then you don't need to worry about that so much. I would go with a slightly drier beer hmm. up front, you know, lower mash temperature oh, of honey, uh, right. more attenuative yeast, because you 'cause you're gonna add some sugars back that aren't gonna ferment. Right. So but that's the way to really get honey character in your beer. Right. Yeah, you have to if you want that honey character to come through um, you're, you, you can't let it ferment.
1: Okay. Otherwise it really goes away. It really fades. Now is it a dry flavor even if you let it go 100%? I mean, yeah. but you, you, but do you still get an impression of sweetness coming across? No. No. Really. Okay. Cause it's almost, um,
0: there are some honeys that are less fermentable, mm-hmm. but most of them are really fermentable. They're, they're mainly, uh, you know, fructose and, you know, it just ferments like crazy. Hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of the issue
1: is it's just so easy to ferment honey. Now, is this beard style? I mean, since we're on this adjunct thing, what about adding, like, fruit flavoring? Like four oh, sure, ounces of sure. apricot or sure, sure. an apricot blonde?
0: Well, and I think, uh, you know, this is actually a pretty good beer to, to mess around with in that respect, too. So if you wanted, uh, you know, a honey blonde, mm-hmm. one of the easier ways, maybe you pour yourself a bottle of this. And, you know, before you pour it, put a, you know, like a half teaspoon or a teaspoon of honey in the bottom of the glass Pour this on top and, uh, you know, enjoy your your honey blonde this way. Well, there you, you go. See, cause especially if it's, you know, uh, uh, for you and you don't want a whole keg of it or, right. you know, or it's just for friends, you know, special times and you want to do some honey, you can do it that way. Or if you have like a tap a draft or something like that, you can make up a, a keg with just uh, some honey in that one. Hmm. Uh, you know, the same thing goes for fruit flavoring. Just get keep yourself a dropper of fruit flavorings, and you can try different ones. And that's kind of fun, yeah. You know, and you can adjust them and see, you know, what really works best with it. Depending on the yeast and depending on the fermentation, you're gonna find that certain fruit flavors will work better. Hmm. And uh, you know, when you tend to do uh, a lager yeast and you get a little bit of sulfur in there, you know what goes really well with that. Mm-hmm. And McDole knows. What's that? He does that peach. Peaches, apricots—they're—they're they're a sulfury kind of smelling fruit, right? And that—that uh, that adds adds into it, you know. And that—that that really, uh, you know, the the two are complementary. Basket. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Huh.
0: All right. So that's that's uh, pretty much the the world of blonde ale. Yeah. I think we uh, we did it justice here. So just a quick recap. If you were going to. Um, uh, brew this, shoot for about a 10.50 original gravity, 20 IBUs. You're going to use uh, 8.3 pounds or 3.67 kilograms of uh, light malt extract, uh, liquid malt extract, and uh, a half a pound or 227 grams of Crystal 15. And then hop it with about an ounce of Willamette at 5% for 60 minutes, 28 grams. Gives you about 20 IBUs. And ferment it with uh, uh, Cal ale yeast or American ale yeast from uh, White Labs or White Yeast. Ferment around 67 degrees, carbonate to uh, 2.5 volumes, a very tasty blonde. And, you know, give it some time. Let it lager a little bit, and it cleans up a little bit more, and, boy, it turns out really good. Mm. Very drinkable beer.
2: Great show, guys. i got to ask, because uh, Jamil's uh, new book, along with John Palmer, of course, is available pre-sale in the Brewing Network store. Jamil, is this your first official book that's out there? I know you've been published, but...
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. This is the first uh, full book. Cool. Okay. And what's it
2: called? Just give us a quick thing so everyone knows. I know we've mentioned it.
0: Uh, Brewing Classic Styles, 80 Winning Recipes Anyone Can Brew. (laughs) It's a long title. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's obviously a big cover.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, you know,
0: got to get my head on there and you know. Cool. That takes a lot of space.
2: And it's uh, so it's 80 recipes covering all the styles and uh not only extract but also uh, mini mash and all grain.
0: Right. It's it's actually about 84, 85 recipes. Okay. So, I had to reach a minimum of 80 so they could put 80 on the cover, but uh I see. Uh it's every BJCP style and every recipe is uh extract and all grain. And some of them have some partial mash recipes as well, and there's a couple of all-extract uh, variants in there. But everything has an all-grain recipe, and everything has an extract recipe.
2: Cool. And uh – uh and they're your recipes.
0: Yeah, they're all my recipes. Uh, every single one has won awards. And I got a couple of guest recipes in there as well. I got cool. uh, Mike Riddle's Russian Imperial Stout. I got uh, McDowell's, uh American Brown. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I got some extra recipes in there from my buddies. And cool. every uh, style has some tips on how you brew the beer, what to look for, you know, what to focus on, what the key parts are of brewing an excellent version of the style. So that's in there too. And then uh, John uh, put together a bunch of uh, uh, great chapters on flavors from the malts and the hops and how you might substitute because we realize people may not have all the ingredients that I have. So not just a, a replacement list, but how so? How do you, you know, decide if you don't have one hop? How do you decide what other hops are like that to use? So that's in there too. A lot that's of good cool. stuff. And he
2: mentioned uh, he was on the, our show yesterday. He mentioned too that he talks about if your system is different, if you don't have a B three fifteen fifty, and mm-hmm. you're doing it on your stove, different techniques you can do right. to replicate what you do. Right for those recipes. You
0: know, how to adjust those recipes? So we're, you know, because we thought a recipe book would uh, not really. You know, recipe books are dime a dozen. You want something where it kind of explained what was supposed to happen in the recipe and what you're supposed to do. Cool. How you, you know, uh, go about making the beer and not just, uh, not just a recipe all by itself. Okay.
2: Fantastic. So you can now get that in the Brewing Network store, BrewingNetwork.com. Hit the store button, and uh, they're on pre-sale. I think it's due for release in November.
0: Right, it might be a little earlier than that though, because oh, cool. uh, I turned in the manuscript and they were kind of shocked that it was on time. So, <laughs> so that may mean it's it's out there uh, before then. Uh, they were telling me at GABF they'd have them as well. So, okay. uh, they definitely will have it out by then, which is October, mid October. Mm-hmm. So it may be earlier than that you'll you'll as soon as I am sure as soon as they are ready Justin will be sending them out. Absolutely,
2: yeah. I've already taken down the orders. We're gonna label all the envelopes and just have them ready to go with the books in there. So, uh, and if you buy now uh, in the pre-sale nineteen 1995 gets you a Jamil Zanishev signed copy, which is kind of cool. You just get the author's signature. I love getting all my books. I won't And I'll do it
0: when, when I'm healthy too, so it won't be disease ridden, <laughs> no E. Coli. <laughs>
2: Let's go to the store. There's a bunch of books there, but that's the one. That's our focus right now because I'm excited that. You're letting me do that. So, uh, signed books from Jamil Zanishev coming out in November. Presale now. BrewingNetwork.com/slash store. If you're listening live, there's another Jamil show coming up right after this. What topic? uh, What uh, style? German Pilsner's. All right. So, hang in there for that. If you're in the archive, you're going to get that in two weeks. We'll be right back. The Jameel Show has been a production of The Brewing Network. Please send questions for Jameel to jameel at thebrewingnetwork.com.